Welcome to B2B Marketing Needs Don Draper, brought to you by True. For too long, B2B has lacked creativity and inspiration, leading to alarming declines in effectiveness and marketing departments being slowly devalued more and more within their organizations. We're here to change that by getting under the skin of what it really means to be a highly effective B2B marketer. We'll be speaking to some of the brightest minds in the industry to discuss what they're doing to be a bit more, well, Don Draper. And now, here's your host, Stuart Black. Joining us today for episode two of B2B Marketing Needs Don Draper is Cos Mingides, co-founding partner at True, one half of the creative spark for this podcast series. You can listen to episode one now where we talk to Richard Parsons, the other co-founder of the agency. Let me tell you about True. It was founded in 2012 to be a different type of B2B agency, to break free from the world of short-term performance and the kind of marketing that swamps the industry now without much deeper impact. So it's trying to be something a little bit different. And who better to explain that and why they created this podcast, B2B Marketing Needs on Draper, Cosmin Gidas, welcome to the show. Thank you, Stuart. Very excited to be here. It is. It's very exciting. So let's kick off by you telling us straight away, like what does being a bit more Don Draper mean to you? So Don Draper is obviously a fictional character from Mad Men, um, but he epitomizes the so-called golden age of advertising, the time of legends such as Bill Burnback and David Ogilvy, who created like really iconic ads that are still referenced today that we still look to today. So for me, being a bit more Don Draper means being a creative thinker, it means getting under the skin of um, a product, what makes it compelling, using strong human insights, but bringing the, those insights to life in really memorable ways. Not so much of the private life and uh, the mess behind the scenes, though. <laughs> well, the drinking and the womanizing, uh, I mean, yeah, maybe not so much. Maybe just the drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not so much of that these days. So what's the purpose behind launching this podcast right now? So... I think there's so much of the same narrative in B2B. Uh, everywhere you look, people are talking about the same things, topics like ROI, loads around ABM and lead generation. And there isn't really a platform which celebrates creativity in B2B. So I think for us, we're launching this show to help improve the state of the industry and inspire B2B marketers to be doing better work than they're currently doing. Because B2B marketing is proven and is shown to be really ineffective when you compare it to our b2c counterparts tell us how did you settle on uh, the name b2b marketing needs don draper where did that come from well something that richard came to me with and it's um, we're both like massive fans of the show and as soon as he suggested it i, I just thought yeah it's great um, it, it sums up everything that we want to be doing as marketers and bringing to b2b and let, let's talk about true then itself what was wrong with the industry um that caused you to start your company what was your vision for that new agency that you had in mind well i mean you say like a new kind of agency um but in many ways we're an old kind of agency we're very much focused on the key principles of communication that have never really changed um over all of the years that advertising has been around. So it's about turning those strong human insights into advertising that's memorable, that entertains audiences. Um, obviously, we're still using the, all of the power of the digital age and the opportunities that that brings in terms of data and targeting. But for us, True is about bringing back the old age of advertising principles and creativity and humanity to B2B. And that's something that seems to be a forgotten 
um, over the last 20 years. And it's really been highlighted recently by behavioral agency system. One, he used facial recognition technology to assess the emotional response to advertising. They then turn that into a five-star rating. And they've shown that over 80% of B2B ads only score a one-star. And that's just really alarming and ultimately what we need to change as B2B marketers and as an industry as a whole. And why do you think the industry has lost its way? What, what went wrong that sort of drove it down this path? Well, I think there's been a lack of investment in creativity, which has caused that decline in effectiveness. And the problem, I think, particularly in B2B, it comes down to a couple of things. Uh, firstly, there's been a massive shift to short-term KPIs. Uh, there's a huge pressure on businesses to create shareholder value, which ultimately means reporting on company profits and financials on a, on a quarterly basis. This in turn means that marketers are given quarterly targets. So this short, the short-term objectives result in short-term answers, and that's detrimental to overall or to long-term commercial success. So there's been this uh, disproportionate shift to lead generation activity as a result, and that's been at the expense of brand building because that takes longer. Uh, but that's ultimately where the true value comes from marketing, where business growth comes from. Secondly, I'd probably say that the measurability that digital now brings means that it's been become more challenging for marketers to put together a case for investment in long-term brand building activity. Brand building activity is more expensive on the most part, um, and it's somewhat harder to attribute back to your bottom line without the proper measurement frameworks being put in place. So there's a real lack of education across the industry, I think, when it comes to solving that problem of creating that business case and aligning your marketing efforts to long-term business growth. And because of that, I think the, the marketing department's been hugely devalued in so many organisations. Marketers have become subservient to the sales department instead of having a seat at the boardroom table and talking about how they can be the real drivers of commercial success for their organisations. And how do we get back to that creativity that you feel has sort of dripped out of the system somehow? Like how should B2B marketing be done ideally, in, in your opinion? Well, there's some really great things that we can now point to that help us make build those arguments for creativity, to help build those arguments for brand building. There's some great new research that's come out uh, of a new LinkedIn think tank called the B2B Institute in association with the IPA. They've worked with the so-called godfathers of effectiveness, um, called, uh, Les Binet and Peter Field. And what's probably, I feel, the most important piece of research that's ever been done in B2B marketing, it's called the five principles of growth in B2B. If you're a B2B marketer and you haven't seen it, I'd urge you to go online and download it. Um, what that research shows is that, um, and it's quite simple really, that the more famous your brand is or your campaign is, the more commercial success that you, your business will have. And that's largely because you're speaking to buyers that are out of market as well as buyers that are in market. So much of B2B marketers, uh, B2B marketing strategies focus on converting in-market buyers instead of aiming for fame. And that's ultimately what creates that future growth because you're looking at and targeting people that are in and out of market and uh, creating memorability for your brand over the longer term. So when those buyers do come into market, they think of your brand immediately and you have a better chance of winning that sale. So creating campaigns that are memorable, getting your brand talked about, um, ultimately leads to your marketing being more effective. Absolutely. So can you tell us maybe, um, is there a campaign that springs to mind that really shows what you're talking about? Well, I think there are some really great case studies from across the industry. Um, standout campaigns like the likes of the Volvo Trucks campaigns, uh, which I'm sure most people will know, particularly the ad from the series, which features Jean-Claude Van Damme doing the splits across 
two moving trucks. Um, but also campaigns like the Amex Shop Small campaign, which has been running for over 10 years now. They created a national shopping day where people get discounts when they shop in small businesses and pay with their Amex card. That was a B2B campaign. It was created to get more small businesses to take Amex, because not many were, and it's had huge commercial success. And it's that type of fame, fame driving thinking that we should all be aspiring to, not just thinking about creativity and communication, but thinking about creativity in terms of how you go to market and your, your various strategies across the four P's of marketing and not just promotion. I love your campaign for Click Travel. It is irreverent and very clever. Can you tell us a little bit about that one? How did it kind of come about from idea to execution? Oh, thank you. Um, Click Travel's a travel management company, uh, that, and they've created this booking platform that allows business travelers to book and manage their business trips in one place. So it makes it a seamless experience from booking through to on-trip management and managing your expenses, etc. After after the trip. So this campaign. I think for me is a really great example of the power of being really single-minded in your communication because we landed on a proposition of smooth business travel and we created this uh, campaign which features the world's smoothest business traveler this aspirational character that's got long flowing hair and he glides effortlessly from place to place with his long hair billowing behind him as he moves we took these really cool visual cues from the world of fashion to create this luxurious and effortless feeling that you get by using click travel. And that's ultimately what the campaign was about, was communicating a single message in a way which creates a really strong emotional response to how you should feel, how it feels to use click travel. Um, and it's a, it's a really entertaining campaign leading with pure emotion and it breaks category rules. So it gives it real standout um, and it's had great commercial success. Mm. A bit of humour and a bit of humanity goes a long way. Absolutely, yeah. It's those emotional responses, humour, making people laugh, making people smile that we should be aiming to achieve when we're creating ads. So is that a hard sell? Do you need your clients to be uh, unafraid to take risks, to be really open? Or like, what, what do you need from them to make it work? I think it always seems risky to create a campaign that's going to stand out from the norms of a category. It's much safer to play it safe. Um, but I'd argue that when you're thinking about risk, it's riskier to create a campaign that goes completely unnoticed. It's a waste of your time, of your effort, and of your company's budgets um, if your campaign is like wallpaper and, and no one even notices it. Mm. Now, that, for me, is risk. That's risky because you're not doing your job properly as a marketer. So I'd say creating standout campaigns, although it feels may feel uncomfortable and you have to get more buy-in from your organisation, that's the least risky strategy. So if you could simplify it down then, what would you say was the secret to creating great high impact advertising? Um, I think having great human insights are always kind of center, front and center when it comes to actually putting together a campaign that's going to have impact. But putting, to, putting in place measures that help you judge the impact of your creative ideas, I think is really important. So we've got a simple tool which we use called the memorability scale, which we use to judge our ideas that are coming out of the creative department. And it goes from the bottom of the scale is the least commercially impactful, top of the scale is the most commercially impactful. At the bottom is an idea that's damaging to your brand. So that could have a negative commercial impact. Then the next stage up would be a campaign that's invisible, then one that gets noticed, one that then grabs attention, then one that gets talked about, and then one that builds fame. Mm. 
So we now have this thing that we look to, and it's quite easy actually when you see an idea and judge it against that scale to say, where does it sit? Um, so having these types of measures in place to help you judge what how, um, how your creative is going to perform, I think is a really good thing. And there, there, and there are some really great um, tools and research pieces that we can now look to to help us define the winning behaviours of fame driving campaigns. Um, there's a new piece of research from Walk and the Can Lions called the Creative Effectiveness Ladder, which summarises a lot of this. And actually, one of the most important things in creating great advertising is actually creating a, a pla- having a creative platform that has longevity built in. So committing to a creative strategy up front over the long term, um, it actually shows that campaigns that have run for three years plus are the most commercially impactful campaigns. And that's largely because it helps build memory structures of a brand. And it's that that really creates and cements your message to the market and means that your brand is much more distinctive, which means that your advertising spend is a lot more um, efficient, really, in driving that, that memorability. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Interesting. Um, account-based marketing is one of the one of the big things that's come up uh, at the moment, ABM. Do you think it's the silver bullet that people have been talking about in B2B? Uh, absolutely not Um, and it's really alarming and worrying that so much of the focus in our industry is on ABM at the moment there was some research from LinkedIn I think that that showed that 84% of B2B marketers say that ABM generates significantly higher returns than any other approach and that could not be further from the truth Um, and that's Mm. demonstrated by the the research from Burnett and Field and, and the five principles of growth Peter Field actually said that ABM will be looked back upon as an absolute complete failure. And they've shown that loyalty strategies, as opposed to focusing on reach strategies, create zero large lasting business effects for, for an organisation. So, yeah, it's, it's really worrying that so much of our efforts as B2B markets are being placed on ABM. And, and ultimately, that's something that has to change. And I'm hoping that uh, this this podcast can help change that, but also a lot of what's coming out of the B2B Institute can help give marketers better guidance on making uh, better decisions for their business and their marketing strategies. Absolutely. And that report that you mentioned, The Five Principles of Growth by Les Binnett and Peterfield, um, is very interesting. At one point, it says brands that set their share of voice above their share of market tend to grow. So why don't more marketers do that? Firstly, I think that it's very difficult to get an accurate measure of your share of voice, largely because there are so many digital mediums now to measure. Um, LinkedIn, for example, actually is closed off, so it doesn't allow you to see competitive spend. So it's difficult to actually get a spend measure versus your competition. Um, But just having that principle in the front of your mind is something that you should always, always think about as a B2B marketer and trying to build that model over time and getting a feeling for how much investment in advertising uh, is going to create an increase in share of market. And obviously that's something you have to look at over a long-term period. There's also things like share of search that we can actually be looking at now. So looking at what your share of search is versus branded search versus your competitors is, because that's been shown as being a, a proxy for market share in the short term. So you can actually put measures like this in place uh, to actually help you assess uh, the impact of your advertising spend. But again, that's all about building fame and being um, like remembered as a brand. Um, the more famous you are, the, the more success you're going to have uh, commercially. And that's ultimately what that principle is, is talking about. Sounds simple, but um, actually quite difficult to pull off in practice. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously the share of voice thing um, is talking about your advertising spend, but if you actually think about your creative effectiveness as well, so you add a layer of creative effectiveness to that. If your campaigns are memorable, it requires less media spend to actually have an impact. It's been shown that creatively awarded, awarded campaigns are 11 times more efficient at driving that share of market increase against share of voice. So it's not just about your spend. It's about the quality of your creative. And I'd argue that the quality of your creative is probably the most important factor to consider when you're thinking about effectiveness. So the moral of the story is don't rush that creative ideas process. That's the bit that you really need to get right. And then everything flows from there. Yeah, and it's not just about rushing it, it's about investing in it, giving it the right level of investment. At the moment, so much, so many B2B marketers are, are carving up their marketing budgets into these tiny increments and creating these short-term lead gen campaigns, um, which are kind of, I don't know, 30 to 50K, let's say, um, which doesn't give you an opportunity to create a really interesting creative platform. What I'd say is maybe just push a few of those campaigns together, give yourself the budget to actually create something that's going to have some standout, um, that's going to give you the production values and the opportunity to create a, a campaign that's going to be engaging and memorable. Um, and don't just kind of think about the short term, think about the long term and, and something that can build build memorability. So pulling back a little bit then, so what other B2B campaigns have inspired you over the years? The one campaign that really stands out for me and something that I always point to across the agency is The Fearless Girl by State Street Global Advisors. That was a campaign that was put in place to promote a fund which was there to promote female leadership across boards in large corporations. Now, that campaign was uh, this, I'm sure many of you have seen it, this statue of this young girl standing bravely in front of the bull uh, on Wall Street. And it was there... Um, just as a representation of what it means to be fearless as female leaders. Now, I always look to that campaign and say to our team within the agency, just think outside of the box. Look at what that that statue and that idea generated in terms of um, fame for um, State Street. It was just phenomenal. It had created billions and billions of earned social impressions. And and that's ultimately, for me, the... the, uh, kind of golden child of the industry mm, absolutely and i mean you like you say it's thinking outside the box you don't often think of statues being you know a typical tool for for marketing b2b marketing or any kind of marketing but you you've dealt you've dabbled in statues yourself uh, the elephant in the room do you want to tell us a little bit about that oh god yeah so we um when we launched the campaign for microfocus with the, the the campaign line was transforming what the mainframe can do and we created this metaphor for the mainframe which was an elephant standing on its trunk um, as part of the the launch for that we created a 24 foot elephant sculpture of our hero campaign vision of this elephant on its trunk and um, it was actually used at the internal uh, sales kickoff uh, for the for um for the campaign but it was then moved to the atrium for, for microfocus and it stood there for, for several years as a kind of something to really point to and inspire people uh, around this proposition. Yeah, very cool sort of tangible art piece as well as a clever bit of marketing. One final question then, uh, back to Don Draper. What's your favourite quote of the great man? My favourite quote, I mean, there are so many, but my favourite quote is probably, if you don't like what's being said, change the conversation because it really speaks to the power that marketing can have and yeah that's that's one that always stands out to me and something that i always quote in a lot of uh, client presentations 
Always ready with a quip, Don Draper. Cos, thank you so much for an insightful, fun chat. I really enjoyed speaking with you, learning more about the philosophy of true and yourself. I'm Stuart Black. See you all next time on B2B Marketing Needs Don Draper. Bye.